Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us. My name is Christy Tucker. I'm the Information Unit Manager for Alberta Wildfire. I'd like to welcome you today to the Forestry Warehouse here in Whitecourt, Alberta, for a very important announcement about 2024 wildfire season. Uh, it's my pleasure to introduce the Minister of Forestry and Parks, uh, Todd Lowen, for the announcement. Minister Lowen. Thanks, Christy, and thanks everyone for being here this afternoon. It's good to see everybody here. The first priority of Alberta's government will always be to ensure Albertans and their communities stay safe. Although last year's wildfire season ended last November, we have never stopped working to increase our understanding of the nature of wildfire and fine-tune our ability to respond. We are confident we are ready to tackle the upcoming wildfire season head-on. To better direct our resources to fight new and existing wildfires, we are declaring an early start to the 2024 wildfire season. And to help ensure we have more boots on the ground to battle wildfire this year, we have requested funding for an additional 100 wildland firefighters in budget 2024. I know Albertans are feeling uneasy about the risks posed to their homes, communities and daily lives. I understand these concerns and I share them as someone whose home is near the forest and was threatened by wildfire in 2023. So as of today, a permit is required for any burning planned in the forest protection area. This will allow Alberta's government to better manage wildfire risks and increase the level of protection in these areas, which will reduce the likelihood of new human-caused wildfires. I want to reiterate that preparations for the 2024 wildfire season have been underway for months. Alberta currently has adequate firefighters and support staff ready to respond to wildfires across our landscape, and we have secured all contracts for additional personnel. Recruitment and training are ongoing, and capacity will continue to increase as we get further into the wildfire season, ensuring we have staff we need to support sustained action and response over the coming months. Alberta's government has also expanded opportunities for Albertans to support wildfire operations near their communities. Any Albertan with relevant training, expertise, or heavy equipment is encouraged to contact their local forest area office to learn more about how they can support wildfire efforts this season. Since the end of the last season, we have also been working to enhance wildfire prevention, preparedness, response, and mitigation tactics. In the coming season, we will employ enhanced nighttime wildfire operations and ensure availability of water bombers, aircraft, and heavy equipment. As we move into this wildfire season, we are confident in our ability to respond to wildfires across our landscape. In addition to these preparedness measures, Alberta's government continues to prioritize proactive prevention and mitigation strategies. I urge Albertans, especially those who live in or near the forest protection area, to become familiar with fire smart principles and prepare their homes, properties and communities accordingly. We're encouraging municipalities to take an active role in community wildfire resilience through initiatives like the community, fire, uh, the, the community Fire Guard program we launched last fall. Any community interested in learning more or making Fire Guard construction a key element of their wildfire prevention and mitigation strategy can contact the Forest Resource Improvement Association of Alberta. I also want to remind Albertans that wildfire prevention is a shared responsibility and we must work together to keep Alberta safe from the impacts of wildfire. In 2023, over 60% of wildfires in Alberta were human caused, meaning they could have been prevented. 
These human-caused wildfires place an additional strain on personnel and resources, and every wildfire we can prevent as a collective improves our response and suppression efforts on other active wildfires. We are also asking Albertans to stay up to date on fire bans and restrictions in their area and to check the Alberta Wildfire app for the most accurate and up-to-date information. So in closing, wildfires are a natural feature of our environment here in Alberta, and this will always be the case. But every Albertan must do their part to keep our province safe. As we head into the wildfire season, we are calling on that uniquely Albertan sense of community. If we continue to work collectively, we can create, help create stronger and more resilient province where Albertans and their communities stay safe from the impacts of wildfire. Thank you very much. Thank you, Minister Lowen. Uh, that concludes today's announcements. Uh, I'd like to introduce the press secretary who can now take questions from the media. She's also joined by Bernie Schmidt, the executive director of Wildfire Management Branch, who can answer any technical wildfire questions. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for coming. I just want to open up the floor now for questions. If you want to line up at the mic and please state your name and your outlet. And I'll just remind you that there's one follow-up and, or, sorry, one question and one follow-up. I'll start with a few from the floor and then I'll go to the phone lines. Hi, Ministers. Is this on? Okay. Hi, Ministers. Michelle Belfontaine from CBC. So you say that there's going to be a hundred or you put in a request for money for an additional 100 firefighters. How many firefighters would that mean then for Alberta for the upcoming fire season? I think we're right now we're prepared to have uh, close to 900 uh, firefighting personnel uh, going into April 15th. And so we're, that, that will be an additional on top of that. So, so you normally have 800, now you're going to have 900? Uh, we're, we're, we're preparing to have close to 900 right now, and so we'll be going close to 1,000. I'm not sure if, Bernie, if you had anything to add to that on the number? Nope. So that's... Okay, so by, by April 15th, then, they will all be on the ground and fully trained? Yes, we'll have, uh, we'll have uh, that number by April 15th, and then by May 15th, we'll have the final coming in. It's going to take uh, some training, and then we bring on personnel as the fire season uh, progresses. But by May 15th, we'll be fully staffed. With, with how many firefighters by then? Uh, that, sh that should be uh, 900 to probably close to probably 1,000 by May 15th. By May 15th. Awesome. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, so thank you for uh, your question. We'd be happy to get uh, the fine-tuned numbers for you, but uh, but again, that's that's information we have right now. Perfect. Next, Mr. Lowen, Sarah Ryan from Global News. You talked about enhanced nighttime firefighting. Can you explain why and what does that look like? Okay, so we have uh, two different uh, programs with that. We have the drones that do the thermal imaging on fires at night. And what that does is allow us to watch the fire behavior at night to see where the fires are moving and uh, in what direction and, uh, and how intense and how far. Uh, we've used that this past season. We'll be using that more this season. And the other uh, nighttime wildfire technique that we've, we've used this past season, which we'll continue this year too, is a night, uh, night vision helicopter. So a helicopter that can fly at night to be able to watch the fires also, but also be able to pick up water and dump water on fires. Uh, one of the biggest reasons why we're, we're focused on firefighting at night is the uh, fires are uh, a little easier to fight at night because of the size of the, the fire itself. Uh, the, the flames become uh, subdued uh, many times at night as the temperature drops and the humidity increases. And so by taking advantage of that, uh, we can help uh, fight fires a little more effectively and efficiently. We'll also be having ground crews going this year at, at night also. And because of the, uh, our, our night vision av availability and our, our drone technology, we'll be able to do that safely and effectively. 
Up near Fox Lake, um, the wildfire information officers were talking about, you know, how seriously concerned they are about the lack of snow, um, expected lack of water. Can you talk about what impact climate change is going to have on uh, wildfires in Alberta? Yeah, so when it comes to to that, I mean, we, we, we know the area around Fox Lake has been having, had a, was affected greatly by wildfire and it's, it was uh, devastating to see the losses up there. But when it, when it comes to climate change, we know that uh, that, the, that changes weather patterns. And so that's what our focus uh, is with our weather center is to watch those weather patterns and see how they're affecting uh, wildfire across the province. And of course, the, the wildfire risk across the province. So we'll be watching that uh, intensely. Uh, we know that we're in an El Nino effect right now that's been uh, causing us to have the warmer and drier temperatures overall. Uh, we're hoping that that's coming to an end and uh, there is some suggestion that maybe by June we'll be leaving that El Nino effect. And, uh, but again, that's all projection at this time and we'll be again watching the weather as closely as we can as we go forward. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. I think we're going to go to the phone lines now. Operator, can you put through the first caller? Alana Smith, Globe and Mail. Hi, thanks for taking my question. Uh, I just wanted to go over the numbers again, a bit of a follow-up from Michelle's question. So 100 extra firefighters, if that brought us to 1,000, I understand by about June 2023 last year, we had, I think, 2,000 or so firefighters from around the world coming to help Alberta. And that was in addition to the firefighters we already had in Alberta. So that's thousands that were needed last summer. So it kind of seems like a drop in the bucket, 100 you know, firefighters added to to the roster. So can you just take us through like the numbers we're going to need? I mean, writing's on the wall, the fire season is going to be pretty bad. So what else is being done to ensure we have the, you know, an appropriate amount of personnel ready for when, you know, if it looks like last year, it gets worse. So uh, obviously we, we plan on increasing the number of firefighters as opposed to last year. Uh, just like any uh, bad wildfire season in Alberta and just about every jurisdiction in the world, as uh, if, if the capacity isn't there, then we rely on other jurisdictions, just like other jurisdictions rely on us when we, uh, when we have a, uh, rely on us when they have a bad fire season. So that's something that's, uh, that's common and happens every year. Again, if we see the need, we'll be asking uh, for wildfire fighters from uh, across the country and across, around the world uh, as needed. Uh, this past year, uh, when we look back, the, the fire started earlier than, than expected, and that's why we're be having our firefighters ready earlier than, than last year. And so we're, we're doing that to help alleviate some of those concerns. But when it comes time to, uh, if we feel that we're, the fires are to a, a point that we need help, we'll be asking for help just like we have done in every, any other year that we've had bad wildfires. Follow up? I do, yes. Uh, I'm hoping you can speak a bit to attracting firefighters here in Alberta. What does that look like? But as an aside from that, what other work is being done, for example, with municipalities to ensure that they're prepared for fire seasons? What about with volunteer firefighters? Are there any new rules? I know there were some, some issues that took place last year, but also a lot of help from people who volunteered. So, like, what else is going on around this? this ask for funding for 100 extra firefighters. Yeah, so we have had a record number of applicants for for wildland firefighters in Alberta. And so we're taking advantage of that those record numbers and making sure we're, we're getting the, uh, the testing and training in place to, to bring them on. Uh, when it comes to municipalities, we've done, uh, we've uh, created that, uh, that new program, the fire guard program to, to help uh, municipalities uh, defend their, their municipalities, their towns and their, the people that they represent. And so we're, so we're working 
working on, on that. We've always worked with municipalities well. We have uh, agreements with municipalities when it comes to fighting wildfire, and so that, that will continue. Uh, as far as volunteers and bringing people online to help out, we do have a program available now that people are, will be able to volunteer, will be able to help out uh, when fighting wildfires. The, uh, there's a, there'll be some online training and some testing done on, uh, on site to make sure that uh, they're suitable to be able to help out. We want to make sure that we keep everybody as safe as possible, but we do want to see that uh, people that do want to help, we want to make sure that uh, we have those opportunities for them in a safe manner. Thank you. Can I put through the next caller, please, operator? Aaron Collins, CBC National. Hi there, thanks very much for taking my question. I, I want to follow up uh, a little bit on the, on the last question. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about this program that's going to have folks with uh, capacity, whether it's equipment or training, um, get involved in, on a volunteer basis uh, for when these wildfires uh, inevitably happen? I mean, how is that going to look? How is that going to work? Are you sort of going to be creating volunteer firefighting battalions or, or what's going on there? Anybody that uh, that's that's brought in to help will will work with uh, experienced and uh, wildfire fighting staff that we have right now. Uh, in in the past, there was never a program that we could uh, quickly run through some quick training and some testing to make sure that they could they were suitable and able to help out in a safe manner. And uh, so we've changed that. So we've made that available now for for people to join in. When it comes to equipment, uh, the local equipment co uh, contractors could contact their local forestry office and be able to sign up to uh, to put their equipment to work. Uh, again, in a safe manner, and uh, in the past, it's always been a little, a little tougher to bring, thing, bring things together in uh, short time frames, but we have now have uh, processes in place to make sure that that can happen. Do you have a follow-up? No, I do, yeah. Uh, do you have a, a, a hope or, or for, for the kind of numbers? Uh, we're talking about increasing the numbers of, uh, of paid wildfire fires, but do you, do you have a hope for the number of volunteers you could be bringing in through this program? And Will there be compensation, co like sort of codified for for people who bring in their machinery and stuff like that in advance? So they'll know that they're going to be compensated for fuel and this kind of stuff. It's one of the complaints we heard when we were in the field last year. Yeah. So no, there's uh, there's already uh, uh, policies in place when it comes to compensating for heavy equipment and things like that, and so there's no problem there. But again, when we as far as numbers is uh, what we expect or hope for volunteers, uh, we're we're completely uh, dependent on what people want to do and how, how people want to help. I know uh, what happens is when a fire is near a community, the people in that community want to do what everything they can to help out, and we want to make sure that we facilitate that rather than hinder that. And again, we just want to make sure it's done in a safe manner. Great. We're going to go back to the floor for a couple questions, and then we'll go back to the phone lines. Hi, Minister. Julia Wong, CBC National. Just on this note of volunteer firefighters, we heard that call for it last wildfire season, and we're hearing it again this wildfire season. It would seem to suggest that you're not getting the number of applicants that you are hoping for <laughs> and that you don't have the manpower that you would like. How do you respond to that? Well, I think when it, when it comes to wildfire, we just like every other jurisdiction in the world that fights wildfire, uh, no, no uh, jurisdiction has the number of firefighters available, trained, ready to go, and employed on an annual basis to fight the worst fire year. And that's why we have uh, programs in place around the world to help uh, make sure that we can share resources. And so, and we're likewise in Alberta. Again, if we have the, the 
you know, a horrible season like we had last year, then we, we expect that we'll be bringing people from around the world to, to come help out. And likewise, uh, every other jurisdiction in the world that has uh, a worse than average year is going to be bringing in uh, uh, help from around the world to help them too. So again, this is, this is something that's uh, standard in wildfire. Uh, if we wanted to have uh, that many people hired and ready at all times, then I think a lot of public would be wondering what they're doing when we don't have wildfires. So we, this is a system that's been in place, the shared uh, resources, and that's, uh, that's a system that's been in place for decades. My second question is for um, someone from Alberta Wildfire. I'm just hoping that we can get a sense of what we can expect this uh, upcoming fire season, if it will be perhaps worse than what we saw last year, um, the impact that the drought conditions that we're seeing, if, if that's going to play a really big role in where firefighters will be able to get their water resources from. So if you can just sort of give us your best guess, if you will, of what we can expect. Yeah, thank you for that question. Uh, I would uh, hesitate to guess, uh, but our uh, weather section and predictive services are engaged with um, Environment and Climate Change Canada to look at long-range um, forecasts. At this particular time, they're, they're talking about um, uh, lower-than-average precip uh, at about, uh, in, in some areas, lower than average uh, um, temperatures and above average temperatures. But that's uh, three months out, and that is very difficult to, to predict. So what else that we're looking at is El Nino, and uh, we've heard the minister talk about that. Uh, El Nino is uh, predicted to slacken off here in the next little while. Um, what that's going to do is change the weather patterns coming into Alberta. So what we are doing is we're looking at and we're watching uh, the weather patterns as they come in and um, uh, reacting accordingly. Okay. Thank you. Hi, uh, Evan Kenny, CTV Edmonton. Uh, for the minister, um, you mentioned, you know, a lot of different areas are, are going through the same situation that we are here in Alberta. I guess just how are you bringing in firefighters and enticing them to come to Alberta versus somewhere like, say, BC? Okay, yeah, so... Uh we are we have the recruitment process that's been going on for months and again that's been very successful because we've had a record number of applicants so we're feeling good about that i think there's always firefighters that go from province to province territory to territory depending on where they want to live or where, where they want to fight fire and uh, we want to make sure that we keep as many of uh, the good experienced uh, firefighters as possible and actually the new recruits too we want to make sure that we we have that continuing uh, training and recruitment process that helps us into the future so i think we're in in, in a good position now because we've been successful in that. Again, by having record number of applicants, I think that set us up in a, a really good uh, situation when it comes to recruitment. And then uh, you, you mentioned you're prioritizing uh, proactive activities, um, but with you know this, this year, six times more carryover fires than an average year. Um, I guess, what are those, some of those um, proactive activities and do you think that will be enough to stop you know, sort of what's already continuing from last year. So we've added more more uh, funding into the uh, community fi fire guard programs that, that were existing before, and then we've added a new program. And so we've added more money into that uh, to make sure
sure that uh, municipalities can help protect their communities. I know just a couple weeks ago, Fox Creek had uh, put out on Facebook that they were working on their uh, fire guard for some of their infrastructure in their town. So I know communities are picking up on that. We're, we're, we've got money put into FireSmart to make sure individuals can work and communities can work with FireSmart to make sure that they uh, FireSmart their homes and their communities to the best of their abilities. I. Yeah, I think that we'll move to the, we'll, we'll go back to the phone line and ask a couple more questions there. Operator, can you put through the next caller? Tim Birch, CTV News. Hey, Minister, uh, thanks for taking my question. Um, you've mentioned a number of times a record number of applicants uh, into the program. Um, you know, we're, we're already talking about getting help from other jurisdictions. Why not just make that 100 new hire request a request for 200 new hires or 300 like what's what's standing in our way of being over prepared right now well, I think we're uh, we're going to be more prepared than we were last year for sure. So I think that's uh, that's I think that's something that uh, should be noted. Uh, when it comes to the number of firefighters that we we have, I mean, we we do have a budget process, and I can't presuppose what the budget process is going to be. Um, that's something that's decided in the legislature, and that's why we're we're hesitant to talk too much about uh, dollars and and figures like that when it comes to what we're doing uh, this year as opposed to last year. And so, so we're waiting for that budget process to be done. And once we have that, uh, that budget process finished and the budget's approved, then we'll be able to talk more on uh, how much dollars and how much additional resources we're putting into wildfire this year as opposed to other years. Do you have a follow-up? Yeah, maybe for someone with Alberta wildfire, maybe uh, Christy, if she hasn't answered yet. Um, just, just out of curiosity, 100 new people, five new teams. Uh, what kind of difference does that make on the ground? Uh, yeah, thanks for that, uh, that question. Um, so uh, if we're successful and we do receive 100 new firefighters, we'll, they'll be configured into unit crews, which are 20-person crews. Uh, they come with um, uh, more equipment uh, and uh, a larger capacity to deal with fires uh, than the four-person attack crews. Uh, so they'll be put to work um, fighting those fires, assisting the uh, initial attack crews and uh, bringing uh, fires to a state of being held uh, a lot quicker. Uh, so that's the goal there. That's what will be, um, uh, that's what will be looked at. As well, um, and the minister has talked about um, uh, our uh, fire attack crews. Uh, they are a uh, great resource in Alberta. Um, and, and we will enhance and look at um, bringing on uh, as many of those individuals. They're all under contract, and uh, they can bring, we can bring on as many uh, folks that are trained as fire attack crews. Perfect. Okay, can we go to the next caller, please? Carly Robinson, City News. Hi there. I'm just wondering, with 2023 behind us, if repel teams would have made a difference and if there's any room in the budget to look at repel with firefighting in Alberta again. Okay, when it comes to the, uh, the rap attack crews that we've had in the past, uh, those firefighters are type 1 firefighters, just like our current uh, hell attack crews and our unit crews. 
And uh, so basically what was this, the decided back at that time when, we, when the repel program was, uh, was taken away is, the, is basically a cost-benefit analysis. And uh, the, the cost of uh, having to repel crews versus having more uh, unit crews and Helitac crews. Now, another thing that's been a big difference is when uh, the Helitac, or sorry, the Rapitac crews were, were brought in, that was years ago when there was far less access to our forest area than what we have now. And uh, that with more access with forestry, uh, industry, oil and gas, uh, agriculture, and all the different aspects that are going on in the landscape now, there's far more access to, uh, to our forest area. So we are able to uh, lower the helicopters down in, uh, closer to the fires than maybe we were 30, 40 years ago. Perfect. And I'm just wondering, when we're talking about the fire season, what's the plan for uh, the lookout towers as well? Is there increased staffing as you know, these, these fires do start quickly? Yeah, I'll let Bernie take that one. Thanks. Uh, so within the province, we have uh, 126 uh, lookouts. Uh, they're um, steel structures and mountaintop. We staff 100 of those facilities and we can move people around if required if uh, the um, hazard becomes greater in another area uh, we'll move the, some folks around to uh, to the vacant lookouts um, the start time of uh, lookouts is based on an analysis a detection analysis that's been done on each of the lookouts to determine the most cost effective time time period to start these individuals and uh, their length of uh, employment as well. So um, lookouts are generally, um, uh, what we do is we look at when the fires are starting in a particular area and that's when we will look at starting the lookout uh, people. So it, it fluctuates from year to year. Great, I think we're gonna move back to that. They got to follow up, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, we're gonna move back to the floor now. To, for another question. Uh, hi, uh, Brad Quarren, the White Court Star. So we're here in the White Court Forest area, which was hit hard last fire season, especially near Fox Creek. And I was just wondering of these uh, 100 new firefighters, how many would be dedicated to this region? Okay, so basically what will happen with, the, with the, the, the firefighters is they, we move them around to the areas that we feel they may be needed the most. And so that's the, they are mobile and we will move them as needed. So as far as exactly where they'll be, that'll be determined by the, by the fire uh, uh, management staff that, uh, that look at the wildfires, they look at the, the likelihood of fire in, the, in each area. And then as, as uh, intensity increases in a certain area, then we'll move, move crews and equipment to those areas. Do you, will you have uh, bases to mobilize them from? Yes, yes. We'll be using all the existing bases that we've used in the past. And uh, so those ones are, are, will be active again, and we'll have our firefighters in, in located in those places. And again, some bases will be more used than others, depending on the likelihood of fire in each of those areas. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Great. One more from the floor. Hi, Minister. Sorry, me again. Yeah, um, no problem. Things were pretty tense last year between municipalities and the province, with many of them believing that the province wasn't prepared, um, wasn't protecting them. The Fire Chiefs Association has also been calling for the province's uh, wildfire strategy to be released. I'm just wondering what these relationships with what I imagine are pretty important stakeholders, what those relationships are like, and have you been able to rebuild them? 
Yeah, so I've uh, I've got an open door policy with the municipalities and with the fire chiefs. Uh, they've they've asked to meet, and we've met uh, when they wanted. So there's no problem there. We continue our communication with them. We have again we have agreements with uh, with municipalities to when wildfire starts and and how we manage them. Uh, happy to work with them uh, moving forward, and uh, because we we all have the same goal in mind in the end is to protect our communities, protect our, our the Albertans where they live, and uh, make sure that we have as little disruption in uh, in municipalities as possible. Okay, we're just going to move, or is she going to do your follow-up question? Okay. Yeah, hi, Minister. Um, about going back to the fire towers, so there's 126, 100 of them will be staffed. Why not staff all of them? Like, what's holding you back from doing that? Okay, I'll let Bernie take that one, too. So, yep, thanks for that question. So we did uh, detection analysis on each and every one of our lookouts. There are a number of lookouts that are in very remote uh, locations where we can use other detection uh, systems to, to, um, uh, to, to detect wildfires. Uh, some of them are in close proximity to one another. Um, and so it's just a, a matter of efficiency, but also to look at what um, sort of the fire danger is at the time. And if we need to move somebody or staff a particular lookout, for a variety of reasons, we'll do so. So they're still there, um, and they're still active. Um, we will we'll put, put people in there uh, if, if required. Great, we're gonna just go back to the, the, um, the line again and take a couple more calls from there, and one more from the floor, and then we will wrap it up. So operator, can you put through the next caller, please? Um, we have Edith from Radio Canada. Hi, uh, my question is for uh, Minister Lowen. Um I want to know how many of those firefighters that you say you have right now to combat fires have already fought wildfire on the ground? Okay, I think maybe we'll go to Bernie on that one too. As far as uh, crews that are coming, coming back, I guess that's the question is uh, how many crews are coming back uh, for second or multiple years? Yeah. Uh, so th thanks for that question. Uh, in Alberta, the last couple of years, we've initiated a, an expression of interest return to work uh, initiative. So all of the firefighters that we have on the lands or that have worked for us in the past have an opportunity to uh, file an expression of interest that they want to come back and they will be provided with uh, uh, an offer letter um, almost uh, immediately. Uh, of those staff that, that we have, um, uh, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me here, um, but uh, of the 400, approximately 430 uh, firefighting staff and support staff, we have about half of them um, wanting to come back every year through the expression of interest. And then there's several others that are looking for a promotion or a different place to work, uh, which is about another 25% or so. Uh, but the exact numbers I do not have, we can, we can look at those uh, at a later time. We have a good, a significant number of people uh, that come back to work for us uh, each year. Do you have a follow-up? Okay, and regarding, uh, yes, regarding uh, the, the Northwestern Territories, is there any plan or any new strategies in place to better welcome their, them if uh, another evacuation is necessary? 
Yeah, and that's, that's probably a better question for uh, emergency services uh, ministry. But, uh, but again, I know they're working on streamlining processes too. We know that when it comes to evacuating people from their communities that it's always a stressful time for them. And uh, it's a stressful time for the municipality in dealing with uh, that kind of logistics. And so I know that they're working on that. But again, as far as uh, the specifics to that, we'd have to go to the uh, emergency services department. Great. Operator, can you put through the last caller, please? Vincent McDermott, Fort McMurray. Good afternoon. Uh, thanks for taking my question. Uh, this first question would probably be for the minister. Um, I know some municipalities, particularly the regional municipality of Wood Buffalo, have said for years that reimbursement from the disaster recovery program is slow. And I know there were evacuees last year who said... Um, the emergency evacuee payments uh, was also slow to roll out. So I'm wondering what progress has been made on hastening that process for evacuee or disaster recovery program funding. Okay, and I, I think with uh, with that, I think with the capacity of the the size of wildfire we had last year and the the amount of equipment that we had working, uh, I believe the well the total expenditure is. Uh, uh, last I heard, I think we were at $835 million. When we have that kind of uh, expenditure happening, which is uh, orders of magnitude more than what's been done in the past, uh, it definitely takes a little time to process those, those kind of uh, uh, volume of contracts and uh, payments going out. Uh, so, I, so I know we're in the process of getting those finalized and caught up. I think, I think we're actually, by and large, caught up on most of those. But, uh, but again, the reason we, were a little, we may have been a little slow last year was just the overall volume. And uh, so as we, as we move forward, I know I, I was able to stop in and visit the, the department that was working on processing those payments here just a couple months ago. And I know they, uh, they were working through things as fast as possible. And I think we'll see that continued, that work continued and, uh, and that, as we move forward into this year, if we're, you know, we are expecting, um, we are preparing for the, for the worst when it comes to this year. And so hopefully we'll be uh, prepared to maybe move those uh, payments out a little faster than we have in the past. Thank you, Minister. Uh, my follow-up would probably be for both of you. With multiple provinces and states bracing for a rough wildfire system, um, is there concern about supplementary forces from the Canadian Armed Forces or other jurisdictions just being spread too thin if that call for extra help is made? Okay, yeah, so I, you were kind of breaking up there just a little bit on that, on that question, but I think I've got the gist of the question anyways. Um, yeah, so just like we seen last year, there's, uh, you know, we had the Northwest Territories uh, burning, we had BC burning, we had Alberta burning, and that definitely uh, stresses resources uh, quite a bit, and that's why we were bringing in, uh, well, for what, like you mentioned, we brought in the military, we brought in uh, wildfire firefighters from, from around the world to help out. And uh, so we'll be expecting, uh, if we're in a similar situation, we'll be expecting to do the same. Uh, again, it's uh, standard practice to bring in uh, help whenever it's needed. And uh, I know we've had our wildfire firefighters uh, travel around uh, North America and even around the world when it came time to helping other jurisdictions. And so again, if we, uh, if we get some timely snows and some timely rain, I would expect that we'll be helping other jurisdictions. And, uh, and if not, then I expect we'll be getting help from others. Okay, we're going to have one more question from the floor, and then we will close off our, our media veil time. If you have any further questions, please reach out to me 
Um, if you don't have my email, please just come over and chat, and I'll give it to you, and I'll happy, I'm happy to answer anything else you have. Okay. Minister Sarah Ryan from Global again. You said 60% of last year's wildfires were man-made. Uh, do we expect to have bans on ATVs, quads? You talked about um, fire permits being required at this point. Are we expecting more and earlier fire bans? Can you talk about that? Yeah, so I think we'll, we'll probably be a little more proactive this, uh, this year when it comes to the fire bans. I know last year, we, you know, as we came into a weekend that we thought might be a busy weekend, we were always looking forward at the, for the weather and, and looking at the fire situation across the province and then implement a ban. So I think we might see us implementing bans a little sooner than we did last year, just to, so the public has a time to prepare for those, those changes. And uh, so that's something we'll see. When we look at uh, things like ATVs, ATVs are themselves are only maybe 1% of the wildfire cause, human caused wildfire. And so, but we do take every, uh, every incident serious as far as any, uh, any opportunity for wildfire to start. Uh, but again, when we look at uh, campfire bans and things like that, I expect it will be uh, bringing them in a little sooner, a little more proactively than we did last year. Thank you. Thanks. Great, thank you everybody. Thank you, yeah. Minister. Yeah, thank you.